When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, that show has been staged to make Aaron. They were trying to get Aaron, uh, Aaron a Nobel Peace Prize. I, think, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. They got him. Hey, you want to go to lunch, buddy? You want to do that? I mean, shut up. This is so staged. It's ridiculous. That's what I okay? thought, too. I mean, they, you know, what are they trying to get him? You know, he has every award. He doesn't need any more awards, okay? <laughs> Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Great James Taylor, Fire and Rain at 6.50 on your Tuesday morning. My old co-worker there, my buddy Mike Francesa, part of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination, which followed me and Jody McDonald and me and Joe Beningo, and they were on for about 30 years, and he's talking about the show Hard Knocks which is centered around the New York Jets, and he talks specifically about Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers will see preseason action. We were under the impression he would not see any action until week one, 9-11, against the Buffalo Bills. But we came to find yesterday that Rodgers will play against the Giants in the Jets preseason finale coming up this weekend. So Anthony Weiner, who does uh, two great shows here on the weekend, stepped in, and he asked me if I was watching Hard Knocks, which is why I played that card, because of course I'm not. Uh, but I do like Aaron Rodgers, despite some of the media, like Mike there, going after him. And I think you kind of like him, too, yes? I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I mean, everything I've watched from afar, he's kind of a pompous jerk. But, he, I, you know, Francesca's not wrong. It does seem like they're doing everything possible. And I think it's partially because of the reputation Hard Knocks has around the league and no team wants them. So I think they're going out of the way. But Aaron Rodgers comes across really well. He comes across being really supportive of, of Wilson. He comes across being a nice guy. He's got a good sense of humor. Um, I want to believe. Look, you, you, you and I are Jet fans. I want to believe. No, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Giant fan. Oh, are you? I, <laughs> yeah. I, thought, I thought if you were a Mets no. guy, you had to be a Jet fan. No, guy. I was a Jet fan. It's a long story. You should read uh, the stories in both of my books, actually, where I, I won Mascot of the Week at A&S Department Store. Hey, very much my does. father yeah. put my name in this in this uh, raffle, if you will. In downtown Brooklyn, used to shop, It was right? the one in the city. Yeah. Um, long story short, there were like millions of kids and what are the odds they pick me? They pick me. And I was a diehard Jet fan. I was like uh, the kid from Wonder Years. I had the Letterman jacket. I loved Joe Namath. Namath and I worked together for years, and he loves his story. Long story short, I win the mascot of the, of the week. I'm supposed to sit on the bench during a Rams-Jets game with Namath and Maynard and Boozer, that great team. But uh, Charlie Winner was the coach of the Jets, and Charlie got the job nepotism. His father-in-law was... The man, of course, at one Super Bowl three. Uh, now his name escapes me. The great coach for the Jets, Weeb Eubank. 
So we've let the Jets, he put in his son-in-law, Charlie Winner. The Jets were one in five. They were struggling, and they decided that little bucktooth, asthmatic, eight-year-old <laughs> Sidney Ferris Rosenberg from Quentin Road would be a distraction. So instead, they, uh, they called my house. I was eating dinner. The phone rings, the rotary on the wall. I see my father pick it up, and he says, uh, bad news, you can't go to the game, but they're going to send you a, a football signed by the team, a jersey, which I still have to this day. And I started to cry, and I said, Daddy, what's the team you root for? The other team in New York, he said, the Giants. And for the last 47 years, I'm the most rabid Giant fan you ever met. F you know, the Jets. You know, that's a good, it's a, it's a great service. It's also a good reminder. You know, we think of the NFL as this giant multi-million dollar corporation that gets everything so perfect. They used to be just a little, there's a bunch of like, it was a B-level corporation. They were playing at Shea at the time? At that time? They were playing at Shea Stadium. Yeah. We had tickets. Yeah. yeah. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. No, he's your numero uno. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's a good story. And the Jets and Giants do play this weekend, but of course they play during the regular season, week eight after the Jet bye week coming up October the 29th. So you also walked in this morning after I told the whole story in the first segment about Rose and Arthur Carp and how Danielle and I eventually got to Bell Harbor. And I'm not sure whether you were talking about this or not, but you said, funny how parallel our lives are. I'm curious. What are you talking about? Well, also yesterday, so you said you were bar mitzvah at the Kingsway Jewish Center. When I, I ran, when I got elected to Congress, I had my inauguration at the Kingsway Jewish Center. Is that right? My first. Did you know the great Murray Levenstein? Of course, of course. And his brother had the uh, all those great places where my sisters got married. Yeah, and, and, and then Alvin. Right, and then so I represented in the city council. I represented Sheepshead Bay and and Manhattan Beach, and so I lived. Uh, my office was on Avenue U. My first apartment ever had a solo was on Homecrest Avenue, <laughs> right there in the neighborhood. Yeah. And then the parallels continue because, you know, you talked about Lundy's and Kenny Rogers' chicken. Yeah. So when I was uh, um, was elected to Congress, the district was Brooklyn and Queens and kind of sheepshead was right in the middle. So I had my office at Lundy's and everywhere I went, people would say, you got to reopen Lundy's, got to reopen Lundy's. Now, you and I don't remember the heyday of Lundy's. Lundy's was 2,000 seats in a wide opening. You couldn't like a restaurant like that anymore. No, I was there when I was a little, little boy, but I don't remember how right. good it was. Right. Neither do I. My parents say I was taken there. And, you know, people would do, and some of our older listeners remember, they had these giant tables and they wouldn't have a maitre d'. You'd stand around the table waiting for people to get up. So when I got in as a city councilman, I said, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to get Lundy's reopened. So you're the one who did it. Yes. Oh, it sucked. Now, it was terrible. <laughs> the food was terrible. And then they tried making a mini more. But I said, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I rented an office upstairs. So when I was in Congress, when I later could get a bigger office, I was there. And then for me, also the way the, the stories parallel, I was a Sheep's Head Bay guy. When I ran for Congress, there were three of us from Brooklyn running against one woman from Queens. Uh, Curtis Lee was former wife, Melinda Katz. She was going to win because there's one of one from Queens. So I had to figure out somewhere in Queens to kind of make my beachhead, no pun intended. And I said, you know what? I've heard so much about the Irish Riviera, so much about the peninsula out there. I'm going to go. I'm going to spend every day of the campaign trying to make that my second home. And I loved it. I'm like, this place is amazing. Plus, you can walk up and down, and then you can campaign on the beach. 
and all the different things. So I was there. And then to bring the story of full forward, when I get elected, people said, what are we ever going to do with Floyd Bennett Field? It has been an old airport back in the day, civil aviation, how it's used took a lot of his flights out of there. But it was sitting, although it was a national park, it was sitting in disrepair. They had these old buildings. And so I still do. They still do. And I said, well, let's try to figure out a park's appropriate thing to do. I opened up Aviator. You did. Because I was a hockey guy. And so it took me forever to get it done. It's a beautiful rink in there. It is, except the thing that people need to understand is one of the reasons it was so difficult to get done is the laws around how you can use a national park are very, very limited. You can't just put anything in it. Now, you pointed out earlier today, yes, the helicopters are all the way, and also they train the sanitation workers, believe it or not, all the way down in the far, far, far corner of it. As a matter of fact, on the map, that's technically not part of the park. But even to get the roadway to go through the park was a big to-do. I'm telling you right now, and I'm telling you, Joel Anarill is listening or any of my colleagues that I used to represent, that's illegal what they're trying to do there. You cannot put just anything in a national park. And one more thing I'll say is the moment they start to say, all right, let's waive the law, if they, which I don't think they're allowed to do, think about the next time they're looking for a facility to put something in. Now, I am, unlike Curtis, unlike you, I think we gotta, we got to deal with this problem. It's the law under a consent decree. We have to deal with, deal with people who come to our, to our city. But you can't put them in places that are statutorily prohibited, and you cannot put people – you can't house people in a national park. And every two months, someone would come up with a crazy idea. Let's put up a hotel there. Let's put a racetrack there. And I always had to fight and stop and said, it's just not legal. Are you sure, Anthony Weiner, it's illegal to do this? I, the, the, the covenant that was written when this was turned over from being an airfield to being a national park was written in such a way that you cannot just go. Think about it. Can you put it in the Grand Canyon? Can you put it in Zion National Park? In, in Floyd Bennett Field is just like that. Gateway is a national park. Ju- it's the largest urban national park in the country. It is just as much a national park as any of those other things are. You cannot just wave these things with a stroke of a pen. 